Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Is everybody awake? Uh, louder? Okay. Well, I am from St. Barnabas Parish, and I'll tell you just a little bit of my background. I'm a mother. I was an orphan when I was a baby, and I got adopted through Catholic Charities to a beautiful family, Italian and Polish. And if you know the Italian culture, it's always about the food, manja, manja. So my house growing up, I had my grandma living with me. Growing up was always about Sunday dinners, family. Uh, We never knew who would come, but there was always food involved in it. When I was in high school, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. I would say I kind of had too much fun. Didn't take a whole lot serious. And everything I'm going to tell you today is real. I don't think I really believed it was all real, but it is. I fell in love with my high school sweetheart, married an Italian man, and we had three children. Rocco, Dino, Gino. Get it? (laughs) I'm now a grandma of five. Yeah, I'm old. And my grandchildren are Massimo, Gianna, Delfina, Dino Gaetano, and Walter. (laughs) Walter! But God's been very good to me. I want to tell you that I was very blessed to have such a great husband that he allowed my parents to live with us, just as my grandma lived with me growing up. So we had the big family, again, always the pasta on Sunday. We never knew who was coming, and my mom and dad. And it does take a very special person to have their in-laws live with them. And I did. That's exactly what I had. And after a bout of cancer with my dad, which I was very blessed to take care of him and honored him, that when he died, the last words he said to me in my home was, Cindy, you were conceived in our hearts. I love you. So after my, my father died, my husband said, we need to go to Italy. We need to go become one with our people. And for the next six months, he took Italian classes, and I was very excited about going. We were taking a cruise. Uh, we were going to Spain, France, and Italy. And as we were taking the cruise, we would stop And I knew we were going to visit a lot of churches. Just as we were ready to leave, my cousin told me that her grandson, Noah, three years old, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And it was in the fall of 2010. And there was no hope. They didn't think he would make it till Christmas. I said, what can we do for you, Noah? Uh, What can we do for Noah? And she said, Cindy, we need a miracle. So it came to me, and sometimes I get through dreams, solutions. A lot of times I'll have a question, and in the morning I always have the answer. I now know that's God enlightening me, especially the Holy Spirit. So I was told to take pictures of Noah 
and write on the back, please pray for Noah as he battles cancer. And that's what we did. And so we went to Spain and France, and we finally got to Italy, and it was everything we thought it was going to be. And we were at the Trevi Fountain, and I threw, we threw the coins like every other person in the world does. And there was a church. There was a church directly catty corner from the Trevi. And I told my husband, I'm going to go put Noah's picture on the altar. Sometimes I'd light the candles on the altar. And I said, I promise I'll be right back. So I filled an empty water bottle full of the Trevi water as a souvenir, put it in my purse, and walked towards the church. When I got to the steps of the church, there was a very tall stranger next to me, a male, and we walked up the steps together. And we opened the door, and standing there was this guy. Now, I'd never seen anybody like this before. He had a long robe, a hood, a beard, a robe. And I thought, hmm, is this what the Italian priests, that's how they dress? I never saw anybody like that. So all of a sudden, this man looked to the stranger that was next to me, and in the dirtiest look, he kicked the man out of the church. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not supposed to be here. So I went to take a step back, and that's when it happened, and that's when my life changed. The man looked in my eyes, and I can honestly tell you that if I went into that church, I wouldn't even know what the church looked like, anything, because once he looked into my eyes, it was all over. All of a sudden, from the floor, through my feet, through my shoes, through my legs, this fire and this electricity came through me. I didn't know what it was. As I said, I had a lot of fun in high school. I didn't pay attention much. And it was tingling up my body. And as it was going up my body, I seen, they say when you die, you almost see like a black and white motion picture of your entire life. That's what I seen. And it wasn't pretty. I was revealed all my sins from when I was young until present. I see everything. And it was so sad that as this was coming up me, these tears just poured out of my eyes. I was so embarrassed in front of Jesus of who I was and what I've done. And I just kept crying and crying. Now, I just lost my father. So there were a lot of tears there. These tears were so different. These tears just were just pouring out immensely. I now know that that fire and electricity was the Spirit. What I witnessed in my sins, it's called the illumination of conscience. These tears are a gift from the Holy Spirit called the gift of tears. I didn't have a clue. I didn't know. All I knew, I was so sorry for everything I've ever done in my life. And I looked at this man and his eyes, 
and I handed him a picture of Noah. And I said, please, please, please pray for Noah. And he grabbed my hand, and he walked me over to a baptismal font. It was shaped like a shell, and he took this water, holy water, and he poured it over me. He didn't bless me. He poured it over me, and he blessed me in Italian, and he did this three times to me. I can't speak any Italian whatsoever, but that day I understood everything he said. He also took Noah's picture, blessed Noah's picture, and he said Noah would be healed. He took the tips of his fingers, and when I tell you I was crying and the wet and um, having being Italian, the curls, the wet makes your hair curlier. Well, I was a mess. My hair was dripping. I was dripping. Everything was dripping. I was so sad. And he wiped my tears, and he said, no cry in Italian, which I understood. Noah will be healed. And then he kept trying to make me me smile. And of course, I couldn't smile. I was just a mess. And I'm thinking, he's speaking in Italian. How can I understand him? Another gift from the Spirit. But I didn't know that. I looked at him. I bowed. I said, grazie. And I ran out of the church. Down the steps to my husband, who was at the fountain, and he took one look at me and said, did you fall in the fountain? I said, no, I didn't fall in the fountain. He said, well, then the gypsies must have got you. I told you, watch out for those gypsies in Italy. I said, the gypsy didn't get me. They would just throw me back. They don't want me. I said, it was this man. I don't know. I think he's a priest. I'm not sure, but I definitely have never ever experienced anything like this before. So off we went. We were on a tour and about a half hour later it was time for lunch. And in Italy you have pizza, little vino, gelato. Not me. I'm in Italy. I'm shopping. So let's go to the store. So we went into a gift shop and as we walked in on the wall, I looked up, and there was a picture, and the picture, I just froze. And my husband said, did you see a ghost? I said, no, I didn't see a ghost. That's the man. And he's like, no way. No way can those things happen. No, no. I said, that's the man. It's the man I seen. And he said, it can't be. He's a saint. His name's Padre Pio. Well, I looked at my husband like he was absolutely crazy because I truly believed these things don't happen in this day and age. This happened in the olden days, not now. In the stories that we read at, at school about Bernadette and the Fatima children, and I knew I definitely was not good. So my only regret was I didn't buy the picture because I didn't believe. So our next stop was to the Vatican. And again, we get to the Vatican, 
and stand, standing in state in a glass tomb was, now he's a saint, Pope John XXIII. And he looked like he was sleeping. And I still remember his red velvet slippers he had on. And he was sleeping, and I'm thinking, how could this man who died in the 60s look like he's sound asleep? Like I've heard, you know, when we die that we turn back to ashes. I didn't know anything about incorrupt saints or anything. As I said, I had a lot of fun in school. So, so then I knelt down and I just started to cry. And I was crying. I was so sorry for my sins. I was full of this fire and this electricity. I didn't know what to do with it. And my husband said, well, it's time. We have to go on the tour. I go, you go. I'm staying here. And all I can express to you is this love. And I've been loved my whole life. And I've been spoiled my whole life. And I've been so blessed that way. But this love was different. This love is something that's undescribable. And when you have that love and that feeling, you never want to leave. So my husband comes back in in an hour, and he says, come on, we got to go. No, Mm -mm. I'm staying here forever. He says, you can't stay here forever. Yeah, I can. I'm staying right here. Because when you feel this love, and it's God's love, it's undescribable, and you never want to turn away from it. Well, he dragged me in the bus, and off we went. Well, the whole rest of our trip, I cried. First of all, I was on fire, this fire and this electricity through me. I did not know what it was. Stayed with me. I know when I was baptized, or I call it baptism in the spirit, when St. Pio did this to me. I didn't know how much my life was going to change. So the whole rest of our wonderful vacation, I cried. I'd see a dog walking down the street. I'd start crying. I'd look at a tree. I'd cry. My husband knew something had drastically happened to this happy-go-lucky, silly person that I was. And now I was just so different. Well, we got home from the trip, and the first thing I said was, don't tell anybody. They're going to think I'm crazy. He went right to the church and blabbed. And then more people kept hearing about it. And I was embarrassed. I didn't know how to handle this. I didn't even know really if it was really real. So five days later, after we got home, my mom, who lived with us, got sick and went to the hospital. And when I was leaving the hospital, there was a chapel, and I thought, I'm going to go say a few prayers for my mom. So it was 10 o'clock at night, and the chapel was very dimly lit. And I walked in, and in front of the altar was a three-foot statue of Padre Pio. I ran out of there. I was spooked. I thought, this cat followed me from Rome. What does he want with me? I didn't get it. I just didn't get it. 
So I grabbed a relative and walked in and I said, you gotta see, look, so that my husband don't think I'm crazy. Well, we came home and then for the next, next five days, I went to the hospital and I, every relative who visited my mom, we ended up in the chapel praying. This was the beginning of my true conversion. After we, we brought my mother home, one of the officials from the hospital called because my cousin had asked who put the statue there. The chaplain said he didn't know. The nuns didn't know. But the day I left, it disappeared. And they thought I took it. And I said, no, I wouldn't take it. No, not at all. So we still is the mystery who, where that statue came from and why it disappeared. But my husband thought it would be very good for me to go and get a statue of St. Pio. I really didn't know anything about him. So we went to the store, and there was no statue at the religious store, only a book called Padre Peel True Story by Ruffin. And so I grabbed it and I said, I'm taking this. And my husband said, I don't even think you really ever read a book in your life. Cliff Notes were your friends in high school. I said, no, I'm going to read it, 500 pages. Well, I did. And when I brought it home, I realized as I opened up the book, that Padre Pio's feast day was September 23rd. That was the day I was in Rome. Coincident? God occurrence. Then I read that St. Pio's mother, actually his grandmother, was a Gagliardi. So was my grandma. She's a Gagliardi. Then I re read about the first person that they asked to start prayer groups, their name was Rachelina Russo. Now it's getting weird. That's my name, Russo. How could this be? So as time went on, my cousin called. And I told her we did what we, we told her we would do. And we put pictures and lit candles all over the world for, for Noah. And I said, I know this is crazy, but I know Noah's going to be healed. There was no hope for him. He had cancer in so many of his organs. So she said, after I told her, her my story, she said that her father had been praying to Padre Pio. He was doing a nine-day novena. I said, okay for Noah's healing. Then as I was reading the book, I read about our beloved Saint John Paul II. But then he was just a young priest in Rome, and he had heard about this saint. And so he wanted to go and meet him. And when he got to San Giovanni and had confession, Padre Pio told him that he would be a pope and that he saw red, and we know what happened. And whenever Pope, well, he was Cardinal Watoya, would need a favor, he would write a letter to Padre Pio. They would send it to him, 
St. Peel never had to open the envelope. He knew. He had every gift of the Holy Spirit. He would just say, tell him I'll take care of it and intercede. Jesus heals, but the saints can intercede for you. So whoever Pope John Paul asked for healing, it would happen. And they used it for his actual canonization and beatification. They used some of John Paul's um, request and who canonized and beatified him, Pope John Paul. The good news is Noah was healed. Praise God. Um, Noah's now 12, and I really believe that one day he will be, he, he will be a priest. Ironically, his great, his grandfather who had prayed for him, great grandfather, he died, he was dying at the same hospital at where that statue was, and he requested to see me. And when I got there, he was already in a coma. And he asked me to bring, which I brought today, the chalice of St. Peel. And when I placed the chalice on him, he woke up from the coma. And he said, I am so glad you came today. St. Peel is very pleased with all the work you're doing for him. He kissed the chalice, and then the next morning he died. He was buried on Padre Pio's birthday, May 25th, and we used the chalice. And afterwards, all the children were playing at the luncheon, except for Noah. Noah sat, and he held and prayed that with that chalice for the rest of the, rest of the, the luncheon. So I know it's a lot to take in, but that was only the beginning. Shortly afterwards, my husband was killed in a car accident. He fell asleep at the wheel, um, going to visit our prodigal son in Florida. Uh, he died on 1111, and the ice disappeared in the backyard on the patio. There you go. Um, it's a nice sculpture. My husband was devoted to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He prayed the rosary every day. He was very, very devout. He wore the brown scapular, and sometimes he would pray a rosary for every person in our household. I wasn't so devoted, but the blessing is from Mary. If you wear the brown scapular and you pray the rosary, that on the very first Saturday after your death, she will pluck you from purgatory. Yesterday, of course, was All Souls Day. And so he died on a Saturday, and that image appeared. If you look very closely, you almost could see her heart. Can you see that? Again, God occurrence. I just show you things, and you take from it what you want. Since then, and I could share many stories of healings, I have just been on this amazing, amazing, amazing journey. I, I do, I have gone to confession because I hadn't gone for so long, and now I'm the true promoter of confession. And I get to visit a lot of people right before they die, and I won't let them die till they get confession and get anointed. 
Um, I think that's part of my responsibility. One lady, I was called, she was in hospice, and I asked the priest if he would hop in the car with me to go see her. And he, he was a little reluctant, but he came. And we went, to, we went into a room, and I think she probably only had four days to live, and she was a, a pretty young woman. And I said, oh, my goodness, I forgot the scapular. I'll be right back, Father, while I'm here. Hear her confession. And when I came back, she was weeping. And I looked at the priest. I said, what did you do to her? He said, nothing. I, I was kind. And I said, what's wrong? And she said she was so afraid to go to confession that she was going to die without being absolved. And she was weeping because she finally did. So many people are afraid of it. But if you die without confession and not in a state of grace, um, it's not good. Some of the other miraculous things. Do you want to see more wonders? Okay. Um, explaining the relics. So we have relics here. I have the crucifix from Padre Pio's altar, which you can all come up. The holy cards I gave you, if you touch them, they become third-class relics. We have the chalice of St. Pio. I have all the documentation for it. I have the glove of St. Pio. You know, Padre Pio had the stigmata, and he bled for 50 years. Two days before he died, it stopped. And I've been given the privilege of having one of his gloves. I also have a bandage that they gave out and his canonization of, his, of a wound that he had as a bandage. I brought you, where's the Holy Spirit? Through, through Padre Pio, I was able to form or be asked to start a Padre Pio prayer group it was already established, probably about 40, maybe 50 members, and I was asked to take over and move it, and I did. We now have 719 members who come on the first Saturday of every month. And with this privilege, I travel all over the world and take pilgrims. My fam favorite, favorite pilgrimage is Jerusalem. Has anybody ever been there? It's the most amazing pilgrimage you could take. You actually walk the same steps that Jesus did. When you come back, your Bible just blows up. It's like it comes to life. And every Mass and the Gospel, I can say, I was there. I was there. Well, we finally got to the River Jordan, and I was very excited about it. And Father was able to allow us to put our feet in the water where Jesus was baptized. I should tell you, it's a little murky water. It's, it's not crystal clear. And we watched other people from other faiths being baptized there. But we were able to renew our vows. And as we were ready to leave, this big gust of wind came. And all of a sudden, this bird just flew by. And it was an unusual bird. Um, and I know it's one of the symbols of the spirit. 
And again, it was just one of those special moments that everybody on that group will never forget. And if you look at his wings, it doesn't look like a regular dove. But it was a special moment for us. Last year in Limerick, Ireland, I start prayer groups now all over the world. And as I, we put a, we erected a sculpture of Padre Pio, and then we were having to start a new prayer group. And you could see there are relics at the table. And I usually like to start with the rosary before mass. So we were praying the rosary. And all of a sudden, on the pulpit, I said, I see Padre Pio. Nobody else could. They said, Cindy, take a picture. So I did. That's how I saw Pio that day in lighted form. Other times, he's in flesh forms. It's all real. Today, I also brought the water from the Jordan so you could all be part. You can't get all to Jerusalem, but I brought Jerusalem to you. This water's been blessed. It's from the Jordan River. And if you want to share it, just give yourself a little blessing as I'm speaking. You're more than welcome to. The next picture is we were given this, we were given this head of St. Pio as it was in the Benedictine Abbey for probably about 15 years. Our prayer group started in 1969, and I found the foundress, and this was what she used. And then when she turned the, the prayer group over, she gave us the statue. Well, the abbot gave me the statue, and so every month we would put it in the church. And when Sister died, Sister Jean Marie Gloriosa, we put a plaque on it, and that's what happened. Next. It's the same statue. God is good. God is good all the time. And we, we have to ask each one of you. I always tell the young, don't, don't grow up too fast. It seems in this day and age, everybody wants to be adults and do all these wonderful adult things. Not good. And I will tell you how many of the young people I talk to when I seen them. Actually, I just seen a few of my son's college kids after friends after 11 years. And you know what they always say to me? You were so right, Mrs. Russo. It's not so fun being an adult as it was to be a teen. I know you all are, are heading in all different directions, um, uncertain of what you're going to do, where you're going to be. Where do you think you would be in 20 years from now? Most of us don't know where we'll be in 20 years or what plans God has for you. I know one of you, and I sort of got this message, is going to be in religious life. I got that message. I don't know who you are, but the answer, if you're looking for it, is yes. That's what you're supposed to do. I count on the Holy Spirit to do many, many things for me. I live every day for the Spirit. I live. When all this happened, God had to put me on my knees. 
truly on my knees. So then putting me on my knees and crying out for help after my husband died. And that's when I got it. That's when I truly got it. That we're only here on this world for a little time, even though right now it seems like you have all the time in the world. But you have eternity to look forward to. And everything you do will make you who you are. Now, I know in this day and age, there's noise everywhere. Most of you probably don't. This is hard sitting still here right now, right? You're always used to go, 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 working on your phones, checking everything, playing on, playing your games. But you got to take time and shut the noise. Shut everything off. You need the silence. The best place for silence is, do any of you do adoration? Yay! You can't get a better place. Did you do Mass yet today or later? Later. Mass. It's the best prayer you could give God. You know, I've heard many people tell me, oh, I got to go to church. I hate when they tell me that. I want to hear, I want to go to church. And every time you go, you have no concept of everything that is happening there. There is so much happening, and the graces that are bestowed on you. I used to go to Mass once a week. Now I try to go every day. Just as Mary held baby Jesus in her womb and was our first tabernacle, each one of you are tabernacles. When you have a clean soul and you receive the Eucharist, you are the tabernacle. Kindness. Do we show kindness to each other? Do you show kindness to your friend? Do you show love to your friend? I'm going to mention some of the other saints who truly had um, devotion. If you look at any saint and you read their story, the Holy Spirit inspired all. It's very, very important to really find the right saint. Do you know your patron saint of when you were born? Have you ever looked that up? I looked mine up. Mine is St. Lawrence of Brindisi. St. Lawrence of Brindisi, his real name was Cesario Russo. Who would ever thought of that? Now I have some lady saints that I really love too and influenced me a lot. St. Therese, the little flower. St. Catherine of Siena, St. Clair. It would be really great for you to start learning about some of the saints and find the one that really, really is appropriate. I chose for my confirmation name St. Anne, and St. Anne is Mary's mama. And who would ever dream, you know, that I would be very devoted and be a wife and a grandma. So St. Anne, it seems very, very important to me. Now, I could share a few more stories. That's Father Solanus Casey, and he has been beatified and working on his canonization, and he's very important to me as well. God always seems to answer my prayers. I always say I'm sort of a spoiled brat. Well, Father Solanus, we went to his beatification, and I had a devotion to him prior to that. 
and they give out these little badges of Father Solanus. And I got one, and on the back it says, touched by the tomb. This cloth was touched by the tomb. And I was with the priest, and he showed me his, and his was the actual habit from Father Solanus. And last Tuesday, I was in Brecksville by Mark's, and I had prayed to Father Solanus, how come I don't have one with the habit? And I got out of my car in what's laying on the ground, but a badge at the grocery store with the badge that said piece of his habit. So I went Thursday to Detroit to the shrine and to talk to the vice postulator. Um, I took him actually out to lunch, and he, I told him my story, and he looked at it, and he said, those are very rare. Those have not been around since the 90s. And again, God is always good. Even at this moment, I can't imagine what my life would be like, especially in the state my soul was, if I did not have this encounter with Padre Bio in Rome. He guides me from heaven. I acknowledge with gratitude and love all the graces and blessings I've received from God's encounter. I've seen, I call them, God favors, because miracles take a long time to be authenticated. So I just say, thank you, God. Through the Holy Spirit, the first time I went to a charismatic group, I didn't quite understand what the Holy Spirit was. Growing up, we were taught that the Holy Spirit, we call the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost. That was us growing up. So I went to this charismatic prayer mass, and they started playing this beautiful music. And as they were playing it, and I was sitting down, all I knew was that my hand kept going up for praise. And I wasn't doing that. So I would grab my hand, I'd try to sit on it, and it would get away, and then it would go up. Then I was asked to bless some people. And as I blessed them, they would fall down, and it was called in the spirit. And I had no idea what it was. I thought I hurt them. Um, but I've come a long way, and I understand what all that is. And, and God is so good that you cannot live without the Holy Spirit. And he's there. He's here to comfort you. He's there to help you. He's there to guide you but he needs you to ask him for that favor. It just doesn't happen. So I want to thank everybody today for coming. Any questions, you could view the relics. And God bless all of you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.